0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What are you fighting right now? What are you battling against in your life? You know, some of the fights that we face are, you know, kind of like obvious. The things that you talk about. Maybe there's people in your life privately that you tell what you're up against. Maybe it's a conflict at work or you're with your boss, or um, maybe it's a financial crisis or something going on in your home or your extended family. Uh, maybe it's a friend that betrayed you and, and it's, it's a really obvious conflict that you're fighting against. Or you know, maybe, maybe it's something that is a little bit out of your control. Maybe it's a financial battle or it's a sickness and disease that you've, you've just been battling it, but you just feel like you, you can't seem to break through. But I'm also aware that there are plenty of battles that we face that are far less obvious, right? There there are things going on that we don't want others to know about. And in fact, for some of you right now, the reason you're joining online is because you're battling something that you don't want to bring into an auditorium. Something going on in your heart or your life that you just don't want to talk about. You don't, or, or you're you're here, you're at one of our campuses right now, but you've got a battle inside of you that others are completely unaware of. In fact, if I, if I talk too directly about it, it might cause you to well up with tears or get really, um, you start to feel it really deeply. And so I wanna, I wanna challenge each of you right now that there is a battle that nearly every one of us face that others are not aware of. I know for me, maybe, maybe an obvious one for me is, you know, if Laura and I are in a conflict or something and we're kind of battling at it, you know, verbally, I want to be clear, um, that, you know, what happens is in in those moments, it's easy to start to get um, lost in the battle and start to view your spouse as the enemy. I want to challenge you that the fight that you're seeing is not always the fight that you're facing. There may be an enemy under the surface, But then there are also battles that you're facing, again, that are private and maybe even secret that you haven't talked about. And I know I've had my moments when driving down the road in my car, my thoughts are racing, but it's not just racing. I'm in a struggle. I'm in a battle in my thinking. I'm I'm struggling with doubt. I'm struggling with fears. I'm struggling with insecurities. I'm questioning myself. Can I do this? Am I good enough? I've wrestled maybe more often than I'd even wanna admit to how often I I wanna quit or escape or get away. Why? Because there's battles that we face and it's hard to even be honest about it. And, and, And one of the ways that I recognize that there is a fight that I'm facing that is more than I'm seeing is when things start to get cloudy and confusing. There is a... A spiritual enemy that opposes us. And one of the tactics he uses is he distracts us and preoccupies us and gets us focused on thinking that others or other things or our own thoughts are the enemy when there's really a battle under the surface that we're facing. And so I try to tell myself to recognize when I feel confused, when my thoughts start to get cloudy. Where things start to feel foggy around me. So I, I try to be alert to recognize, wait, you know, my spouse isn't the enemy. There's something else going on, or maybe what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, that's not really the problem. There's something deeper going on. And so how do you how do you handle these fights that you're facing, these battles that you're going through, and, and you've been maybe struggling with them too long, and it's time for a breakthrough. Well, let me introduce you to a story, a breakthrough story where God leads in victory over enemies. So let me give you the background to it. We're going to jump into the, uh, the book of 1 Kings. We're going to go to chapter 18. We're going to be looking at a story of Elijah facing down his enemies. But here's what you, you, you got to know as the background. It's a time when the, the kings ruled over the nation of Israel. And there's kind of, the, the nation of Israel was divided into, into two nations. You have the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And at this time, nation of Israel is ruled by Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Now, here's the deal. The nation has been in a uh, a season of decay for a long period of time. They're backsliding away from their faith in the one true God. But Ahab and Jezebel are a whole new level of evil because they've institutionalized pagan worship. And, and, it, and again, it's not just like, well, that's another religion. No, no, this is evil it's it's wicked stuff that they're doing in worship it's perversion it's they're sacrificing their children they're abusing their children they're believing lies and they're leading the entire nation into destruction and Elijah comes and he confronts king Ahab And King Ahab says this, it's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? And the word troubler there means like agitator. You're stirring things up. But what he's really saying is, is that you, Elijah? You're an inconvenient reminder of our faith in God. You're you're, you're stirring things up. You're you're kind of reminding us of things we don't want to remember. You're you're stirring up trouble because you're, you're bringing back to the surface things we've tried to bury. Elijah responds to him, look, I'm not the troubler. You and your family are causing havoc and trouble in our nation. Now, here's what we're gonna do. Summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring four, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So you kind of get meeting the two kind of dual um, false gods that Ahab and Jezebel have brought, made prominent in the nation, uh, the, the, the this God of Baal and, and, and Asherah. And it was just this, um, they worship with this just perverse sexual, sexual, um, destructive activity and and so here's what here's what um elijah does he goes i've had enough i'm tired of just letting this happen to my nation somebody's got to stand up and confront this somebody's got to face down this battle that we've been dealing with for far too long. Now your mind might immediately be thinking, well, man, where's Patrick going with this message? Are we gonna start talking about confronting the issues in our nation? No, no, this is Elijah recognizing I am tired. His response, he was a national leader. He was appointed and anointed by God to lead his nation in faith and speak out as the voice of God to the nation. In your life, what does God do? called you to face. And Elijah was saying, man, we've been dealing with this for too long and I'm tired of it. And he, he wants to confront it and say, once and for all, let's have a duel and let's see who God, which God is truly God. In fact, that's almost immediately where he goes. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. In essence, Elijah is saying, pick a side, choose. The nation of Israel is vacillating between, oh, we believe in God, we're a nation of God, yet we're actively practicing these false religions. We're actively engaged in evil. And I I think it calls out the duplicity in every one of our hearts, that we can can get easily torn between and, and wavering between two ideas. I, I want to live for God. And yet my behavior says just the opposite. And he, he does a little word play here. He uses the word wavering, which is the idea of, of vacillating or alternating between two sides of a road. So you're, you're approaching a fork in the road. And he said, you got to choose which side, which way you're going to go. But it, but in the word wavering, it actually implies like this idea of limping. Uh, the priests, as they begin to get into this, uh, and Elijah's aware of this, the way they the way they um, behave when they're trying to worship their gods, it looks pretty lame. It, they, they, you know, they, they, they hurt themselves, they cut themselves in their, in their expressions of worship to these false gods, and they, they flail around like, like, they, like they're just totally weird. And so he's going, you're, if you're acting like these priests and you're just flailing down the road of life, you gotta pick which side, are you gonna go toward evil or you go toward God. And, and, and the point that really jumps out here is that God fights for those who choose to side with Him. God is fighting for you, God loves you, God is after you, but God cannot, will not force you to choose Him. And so you have an option. God is fighting for you. In fact, he not only fights for you, God won the battle for you. God God won your breakthrough victory, but you've gotta be willing to choose that. And choosing breakthrough victory begins with choosing God, making a decision to say, I will side with God. I'm not gonna keep vacillating between saying, oh, I'm, I'm gonna follow God, but I'm gonna do what I want. I'll go to church, but then I'm also gonna live this way. I wanna believe in Jesus, but I want control of every other aspect of my life. No, God, you can't have that part of my heart. No, God, you can't have my sexuality. No, God, you can't have my attitudes. No, God, you can't have that habit, right? He goes, you can't keep vacillating. you can't keep limping around, flailing between living for God and living for yourself or following evil. And so he confronts us and invites people to choose. And so my challenge for you right now is going to invite you to choose. Some of you, it's gonna be your first choice. Saying yes to Jesus by faith and putting your full heart of devotion into God. For too long, you've been vacillating. For too long, maybe you've been the fight you've been in is that you've been living the wrong way. And it's time to shift and say, I'm I, I need to put my full faith in Jesus Christ. I'm inviting Jesus to forgive me of my sins and make me new. Here's what I know that God already fought for you and he won the battle for you through Jesus Christ who about a thousand years later showed up on the scene not, not to confront a nation but to give his life as the payment for our sin destruction. He stepped in between us and the ruin the ruin that was, that was coming our direction, the, the destruction we were facing, right? If you're limping down the road and your head, you're like imagine you're driving a car and you're, you know, you're toggling between making this turn and this turn. And, you, and if you don't choose, you're gonna slam into destruction or you're choosing destruction. Jesus stepped in and he took on the hit of our destruction. He embraced our eternal death sentence when he died on the cross, but then he gave us victory through the power of his resurrection. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you are forgiven and given new and forever life. And that's your choice. You can choose to say yes to Jesus by faith and you can choose to side with God. Can I encourage you? Would you make that commitment right now? Would you say yes to Jesus? You don't need to keep vacillating and you don't need to keep facing down the battles that you're in on your own. God wants to step in and He wants to bring breakthrough victory, but you got to begin by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and siding with God. If you're making that commitment, would you let us know? QR code's going to come up. You can scan that, fill out the form, and one of our pastors wants to follow up with you. As you begin this new journey in relationship with God, as you choose, to say, God, I am siding with you. You've already sided with me. You're fighting for me. You took on my battles already. But God, today I'm choosing to side with you. Others of you, you believe in Jesus, but you've been vacillating. Some of you right now, you know exactly what I'm saying. Quietly and privately on your own you know that things are not where they need to be in your relationship with God and it's time for you to make a commitment to say I am going after God once and for all I'm giving up pursuing things that are wrong I'm giving up trying to um, control believing in God yet doing what I want and you're re- you're ready to make a commitment to say I want to give up doing what I want and I'm going with God well here's what comes next. Let's jump ahead here. So he Elijah has this confrontation moment. He he challenges them to a duel and the idea of the duel was going to be this. He said he said to these 850 priests he said look, you you set up a, a sacrifice and you call out to your gods and after you're done let's see what happens. I will set up a sacrifice and I'll cry out to my God, the God who answers with fire that comes down and consumes the sacrifice, that God, he's God, right? And so now the, the priests of Baal and Asherah, they've been, they've been cutting themselves, they've been screaming, they've been flailing, they've been dancing all kinds of, in a lame way and nothing happened. And, and um, Elijah kind of like starts, I say, it's like kind of like starts making fun of them. Like, where's your God's? Maybe your God's asleep and you got to wake him up. Yell a little bit louder. Maybe your God is using the the toilet. and You got to like wait for him to come out of the stall. Like Elijah's probably having a little too much fun with this. And then it gets his turn. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. And they came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. And there is this moment when Elijah says, okay, y'all have had your fun. Y'all have done your own evil. Clearly it didn't work, right? And so the confrontation moment is this. How has that been working for you? You've you've been battling this stuff on your own. You've been battling at work on your own. You've been dealing with this conflict your way. You've been wrestling through your insecurities, your fears, your doubts, your way. How's that going for you? Is it time to do this differently? And so what Elijah does is he calls it out and says, okay, you had your fun and you've had your pain and the battle hasn't gone the way you thought it would go. Look, it's because oftentimes we're, we're battling at the altar of gods that are not gods at all. Your work can never be your God. The reality is that relationship can never be your God that habit, that hobby, that attitude, it's not good enough to be God. So it's time to repair what's broken in your relationship with God. It's time to repair what's broken in your relationship with God, and so how do you do that? You come to God and you examine your heart. What in my life is broken between me and God? Maybe it's a broken attitude toward God. Maybe you have some doubts that you need to wrestle through. Doubts are not bad. We can we can lean into those. But anytime I lean into a doubt, what it should do is pull me closer to God. Maybe there's some uh, undealt with sin, like unrepented sin in my life that needs to get repaired. Right? It needs to be confessed. Maybe there's just it's just been too long since I've spent time alone with God. Maybe I've gotten out of the habit of worship or of devotional life, right? And I need to rebuild what is broken. There are altars in your life that need to be repaired. So just on your own, in what way do you right now need to begin to repair the altars that have been broken in your relationship with God? And as you begin to repair what is broken in your relationship with God, you begin to rebuild altars, places where you can encounter God Here's what happens. Now you no longer have to ask God to give you something. You're not seeking God for what you can get. You're seeking God for God. Elijah isn't just asking God to show up and do some miracle. He's saying, I know God. God, would you be God in my nation? Some of you, this moment is about you saying, God, would you be God in my heart? Would you be God in my thinking? Would you be God in my finances? Would you be the God of my sexuality? Would you be the God of this dating relationship? Would you be God over my home or my marriage or my business, over my city, over my nation? What is is the key here? That you don't seek his power or his presence, but his presence this is about seeking god not his power not his presence gifts but his presence i want more of god and when we begin to seek god for god as we face battles in our life, then God shows up and does what only God can do. God is the God of breakthrough. God uh, already has given you breakthrough victory. He's, he's already fought for you and won the battle. And now we've got to begin to put our focus on God, repair what is broken, so that when we come to the altar of our relationship with God, I am seeking God's presence rather than his presence Gifts. I don't just want something from God. I want more of God. And when your life is filled with more of God, supernatural and miraculous breakthrough things begin to happen. Let's read this. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, "Lord, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel. You are the God in Israel." And that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then, then fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the soil and licked up all the water in the trench. Before Elijah um, prayed, he had um, his servants pour water all over the animal sacrifice all over the altar three times they poured huge buckets of water and he put a trench around the altar so that it would just be drenched in water and then he said god would you show up and then fire fell and it consumed uh, it consumed the sacrifice it consumed the rocks that made the altar and it burned up even the water and the point was this god fights for your breakthrough victory God wants to show up and do the impossible. God is at the battles you're facing may not be what is really going on. God wants to fight for you. He wants to address the enemy that you can't see and he wants to give you breakthrough victory over sin. He wants to give you breakthrough victory so that you can walk against the evil poles of the world that you live in. the the media that will suck you in and get you consuming your life with fear distracting you and preoccupying you by things that are not what's really going on getting you caught up in thinking ways and believing things you should never be thinking if your life was aligned with the word of god where where you've allowed the world around you to corrupt your view of sexuality or of marriage or of or of love or it's perverted the way you approach parenting or it's corrupted your attitude towards finances and material possessions right and god saying i'm fighting for your Break through victory. I wanna set you free from the strongholds in your life. I am breaking through to give you victory over sin, over the evil pull of the world that you're living in, and I'm giving you victory over the spiritual forces that are fighting against you. I'm fighting for your marriage. Now I'm gonna invite you to fight for your marriage. I'm fighting for your children. I'm gonna invite you to fight for your children. I'm fighting for your purity, for your generosity, for your holiness. Now I'm inviting you to participate with me. And that was the key. God invited Elijah to participate in breakthrough victory. God wants you to be an active participant in experiencing and fighting for breakthrough victory. You gotta become part of the expression of generosity. You gotta become a participant in living a holy life. You gotta become an active participant in living free from being consumed with fear and doubt and preoccupation with guilt and shame and regret. Allow God to work through you and bring you into breakthrough victory as you participate with God. And then there's one more key. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. What's the key? Your breakthrough isn't just for you. The breakthrough that you're fighting for may be a breakthrough that others need. Your breakthrough, and the reason you're battling for breakthrough may be that others need you to battle for their breakthrough. What God wants to do in you, he wants to do through you. He wants to pour breakthrough In your life to pour breakthrough through your life. As he gives you victory, you can begin to share that victory with others. Elijah is praying and he's saying, God, would you show up and would you do something miraculous? Because I am believing that when you do that, you're going to change the hearts of the the people that are present. They're going to see you and they're going to know you and they're going to believe in you. That's my prayer. God, would you do it in me so that you can shine through me? Would you bring breakthrough victory in my life so that you can show others that you are God, that you are a God above all gods? Would you use my generosity to show that you are a generous God? Would you show? Would you use my relationships, my marriage, my family to show off that you are a God of reconciliation or a God of hope, you're a God of strength, you're a God of lavishing love, right? God wants to bring breakthrough victory in your life because it's not just for you. So, how can your life become um, experience breakthrough victory so you can become a conduit of breakthrough victory? Would you allow me to take a moment right now? I've been praying for you, I've been praying for this moment, believing that there would be a, a rising faith in this space where you are right now, you're joining us online. I'm believing that the atmosphere of faith would begin to stir in your heart, that the temperature of grace will begin to rise in our campuses so that you would believe for breakthrough victory in your life against the the real enemies that you're facing, that God would give you clarity of sight to see past the battle that you're in to recognize the real enemy that you're fighting against. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God of victory. Jesus, that you came and you fought for us, not against us, and you fought for our breakthrough victory, that you defeated sin, that you give us victory over death, and you give us the promise of eternal life, that you defeated the works of darkness. That the enemy has no power in our lives. That when we proclaim the name of Jesus over our homes, when we proclaim the name of Jesus in our workplaces, when we proclaim the name of Jesus over our class, over the the schools in our community, God, that you are king over all. And we believe for breakthrough victory. And God, I am believing for breakthrough in the lives of every individual that's joining us right now, that they would experience something supernatural and by faith, They begin to take hold of Breakthrough Victory. They begin to participate with you in Breakthrough Victory. And they begin to share that breakthrough with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.